We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by RickRunGood.com. All of the stats, tools, and info that we'll be discussing on the podcast today can be found over at RickRunGood.com. Monday course breakdown article is already live on the site right now. My Tuesday fantasy golf rankings probably a little bit later on this afternoon. And then my Wednesday DraftKings final thoughts article. Uh, Last week, top two guys both finished uh, in the top 10 at low ownership. But I got to say, I don't think I've ever been more wrong. Not just about a golfer, potentially about any single sports situation in my life than Cameron Davis over a three-week period. Um, at both the American Express and Farmers Insurance Open, I bet him both weeks, wrote him up on pretty much every platform I had access to both weeks, which turns out to like, I don't know, 11 pieces of content per week. I think he missed both those cuts by a combined 17 strokes. I don't know if I killed him. Maybe I need to hop off for his sake to be able to revitalize his career. Thank God he's not in the field this week. I think he's, he has a top 20 finish here. I was looking for his name. I was searching for it. Um, But I, I felt like I need to make a formal statement on that because I got a lot of angry Cam Davis messages over the weekend. Uh, Like, dude, your case was so good. I totally bought all of it. And now he's 30 strokes over par. What happened? I guess we'll never know. I still think the pre-tournament case for him at both tournaments, all three actually, because I bet him at the Sony Open too, was very strong. But uh, (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, other than Cam Davis, that article has been doing great. So you can find all of that content, plus all the other tools that the site offers over at rickgrungood.com slash Andy. Make sure to type in Andy in the promo code section so they know that I sent you. And that Slack channel is where you can reach me for any and all questions, DFS, season-long fantasy, betting, etc. So sign up today. We'd love to have you as part of the team. It's a great community, growing very fast, seemingly. Uh, and in my opinion, a completely 
essential tool subscription whatever to have in your arsenal if you are serious about dfs uh definitely season-long fantasy golf betting all the above all right coming up on this podcast i will be talking with ryan baroff about the at&t national pebble beach pro-am talk a little betting talk a little dfs maybe some saudi international because i think that's got a better field i haven't really looked at it too closely maybe some nfl super bowl stuff i don't really know because i try most of the time at least to record these intros before i do the podcast so once the podcast is done i can just send it to my editor and be in my way so as always a true who can say situation uh but without further ado let's talk to ryan all right ryan baroff is here how you doing man i feel like it's been a while since uh since we've been on a podcast it has been a while. I've been uh, in a bit of a hiatus since uh, Matt hasn't want to rip a <laughs> podcast with us in a while, but NFL ending, his bangles are out. So I, I think we'll be back soon. Yeah, I was going to say, so where does that leave you encircling the drain with like the future of Golflandia slash Sportslandia? Because so, I, I had him on and we didn't get to that. I didn't ask him about where it left you guys. Look, we have a group chat, three of us plus Saul. As as you probably know, so so we have uh, we have plenty of entertainment. We have plenty of takes flying around. But yeah, look the the content space is saturated. Golf has kind of sucked lately. Now we have Rory versus Rom at least. So that's yeah, a that's a good one. Yeah, big time for sure. I feel like we've kind of came full circle with that one. Yeah, you know, I think anybody who who pays attention, you know, knows. Okay. These are the two guys, you know, they yeah. go through the ebbs and flows, but uh, there is nobody else, you know, in their stratosphere. So, except, except maybe Taylor Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, wait, wait, hang on. I'm not letting you leave the Wiley thing yet for a second. Do you feel yeah. like you, do you feel like you need a, a weekly home? Like, do you feel like you need a space to talk golf every week? Uh, no. Cause again, we have the group chat. Like I don't, you know, I, I, mean, I haven't done paid content in in forever. We really haven't. When's been the last weekly. time you've done paid content? Oh, it's been years. Yeah, uh, where, I wrote. Where did you do it for? I wrote for the FGI guys for a while. Wrote for uh, Roto Curve. Wrote for Daily Overlay. Uh, I've not heard back, of. I've not know. heard of any of those places. Yeah, well, this was back 2016, 2017 okay. when we first okay. started. But no, been a few years. Uh, Matt and I have been doing the pod since 2017, though, so it's not just going to die. Don't worry about that. Has it really been since 2017? Our first episode was Spieth winning the Open. Uh, wow, at Burkdale, huh? I yeah, was Spieth actually, I, was, I was watching yep. that. You know how they do the films on YouTube? Yep. Such a good thing to fall asleep to. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a crazy event, but that was the first one. And I'll I'll always remember it because the very next week I, I hit the Jordan Smith outright. And then Jordan Smith didn't win for five more years. <laughs> <laughs> was that on <laughs> the Euro tour? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of my guys who I bet almost weekly, and uh, yeah, we went five years between wins there, so that was tough. Yeah, well, it's good to have you back, man. I'm glad I got I got a uh, actually got after Wiley came on, I actually talked mm-hmm. Saul into coming on too. So he's coming on in a couple of weeks too. He was like, yeah, that that sound that sounded fun. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give it a go. So I'm just I'm getting all you guys to come out of retirement. Let's do it. Happy to be here. Do you have any lingering thoughts on uh, on farmers? Via no, you know, I, I I turned it on on 
the 12th hole on Sunday, Saturday, sorry. See, I don't know what day it was. Right. Um, I mixed that up a couple of times already this week. Yeah. No, you know, the only thing that I I really like about Tory is, is it's obviously one of the courses that is the most predictable, right? As, as you so eloquently put it, yeah. It asks you one question, you answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Poma uh, answered the question. You know, you hit it long, you hit it straight. Now you have to putt well, and there's, you know, some stuff that goes into that. But I mean, both he and Colin, I mean, just the way that they drove the ball uh, yeah. all week, but especially over the weekend, Rom, of course, you know, always drives it well, just had a horrible day. It just always produces, though, right? So it's always good because you get a leaderboard, you get a bunch of leaderboard, you get some big names there. It just always seems to be a good finish. So. Yeah. And Homa said it best too. He was like, yeah, Poa putting is all about patience. Right. Yeah. And like, you could even tell there were a couple of times, like I turned it on, on Friday, which is round mm-hmm. three. And he leapt out like a three. It was actually the whole right before he did that. Did you get a chance to watch how they had him mic'd up too? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Not live, was, but I did rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, one or two holes before that he like whipped out a three footer and he was talking yeah. about on the uh on the little mic'd up thing that they have that it's like it's a surface all about patience and him and morikawa have you know if and i i'm in california so i know it well and it <laughs> fucking sucks it's the type of surface where if your first putt is bad you're mm-hmm. going to putt bad that day and if your first putt is good you feel like you can make everything if that makes sense yeah, well, they're also like, and I think we'll talk about it this week, you know, at Pebble, for example, the POA is is, is going to be, it's going to be slower, right? It's not going to be as quick as they have the Greens yeah. and Tory at Riv, etc. Which I think is actually oh, kind of harder. It depends, because like, I mean, when you have to hit the putts harder, they're going to bounce a little bit anyways, right? Like, right. it's all kind of baked in there. But yeah, like at Tory um, and at Riv, like, you have to hit those putts so easy that they're just playing Plinko all over. It could definitely be frustrating. You know, I I, uh, I was lucky enough to, to play Pebble a few years ago. What'd you I think? didn't find it. I didn't find it that hard to putt. I struggled with just the distance control with elevation with the marine layer. You know, it was pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled you, with that did, more than did anything. You, did you get to do the whole pat? Did you do like Spyglass and and uh, what's the other one that they have? Monterey. Yeah, we didn't do Monterey. We did. So we stayed at, at, at Spanish Bay. So did Spanish Bay. Yeah. Spyglass the links at, yeah. The links at Spanish Bay. I love Bay, Spanish right? Bay. Like that's where we started. You know, we were staying there. That was a good place to start. Played great that day. Shot like two over. That was going to be so easy. I go to Spyglass and shoot 83. Uh, do you, like, do you right. like Spyglass? No, it's a piece of, piece of crap. I don't like Spyglass either. It's it feels terrible. like it, feel, it feels like two different courses to me. It it it, it doesn't yeah, feel like there's holes, any right. And it then doesn't feel like there's any flow. No, Spike. No, I I, I can think of some old tweets from when I was out there too. Actually, it was bad. They should switch up the nines too. I I really confused as to why they don't have the nines reverse, so you get the ocean holes closer to like, the like coming down the stretch. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, I always play like shit on the. Pebble, I find it so hard to focus yep. because it's you're in such a beautiful setting that, and this always happens to me on, my, on like my first round at Bandon, where yep. I'm so overwhelmed by the sense of place that I like almost forget how to swing a golf club. But my dad always, did that on on the first hole at Pebble, so we actually got off the tee all right. He's probably like 155, 160 out, which for him is probably like a six iron or something. Does he and have he a just, clear shot? Because there's that one lingering tree on the right. But other than that, it's pretty. No, no, no. Right. He was left center, perfect, yeah. and just just 
lays the sod and hits the six iron about 15 yards. I've been there. Yeah, it's it's bad. But no, I mean, I I I totally agree. You know, Pebble, you're just sort of watching the scenery. I didn't find it overly hard. You know, it's not long. It's not a hard golf hit. course. It's just I don't hit drivers. There is zero wind out there. Um, I made it. I think I made two or three birdies and then snapped one into the water on on 18 to shoot 80. So uh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've been the last time I played it. I was with a buddy and we uh, we were playing a match and it was like a really close match coming down the stretch and he hit his three wood from the middle of the fairway into the water. And it was like a death sentence. Cause I was, I was pretty up close to the green, I think in two shots Yeah, and he stood there for 20 minutes. He was like, no, I'm not leaving this spot until I hit it. Well, I'll tell you the hardest part about that hole, the first time you get there, and I'm sure you had the same experience is how far left you have to aim. How yeah. close the out of bounds is right. Mm-hmm. Like I saw that and, and I'm like, you cannot go right of that tree. You know, maybe you'll catch the bunker, but you'll probably be in the houses. So I felt like I had to hit it further left and I hooked it and that was that. Yeah. I mean, it is, there are a lot of good, there's to me, there's some holes on the back end and I guess some on the front that I think lack a little bit of character. I think my biggest problem with Pebble like 15. is like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, big time. Even like, I don't know. Um, I think 13 is great. Yeah. uh, Even, yeah, 12 and 13 together are kind of, I mean, that the first part three on the back nine doesn't really do anything for me. I think my issue with this, I love like giant, interesting, weird, funky greens. So I love courses like, you know, Chicago golf club and all the courses at Bandon because my thing is greens mm-hmm. and I think Pebble just doesn't have interesting greens. It's they're just small. Yeah. Three. There's not, is, it's not like there's yeah, not three undu- is a little not, interesting, but yeah, there's but undulation to them. It. It's not yeah. like they're not completely flat, but they're such small targets. And I always, I always focus on like when I'm thinking about golf courses, I'm usually drawn yeah. to greens. But anyway, they are the smallest greens on the PGA tour is my transition to talking about (laughs) breaking down the course, but I don't have, I did, I, I wrote a a bunch of words on the courses already. I didn't do a podcast, but do you have anything to add from like a handicapping standpoint for this week when you, when you break down these courses? Yeah. I mean, so I think you mentioned the greens, right? And I think Mm -hmm. you're always going to get that argument of, all right, the greens are small. Do you want guys who are going to hit more greens? Do you want guys who are better around the green? Like, can Victor Hovland win here? Well, he did win here. You know, like there's stuff like that going on. My biggest thing with the surfaces, you know, whether it's the around the green stuff or whether it's putting, I want some evidence. I don't care if it's one round, two rounds, 30 rounds. I want some evidence that you're competent on this surface, right? Yeah, totally agree. Which is strange because, you know, I bet Ben Taylor, who lost four and a half strokes putting on, on the <laughs> south course uh, in one round. But, like, I want some evidence that you can putt Poa. And I think all of these guys are going to hit roughly the same amount of greens. You need to make birdies, so you need to putt anyways. And I think you do see the same names play well here over and over again. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to try and reinvent the wheel with a guy who's missed four straight cuts here. You know, like, Spieth, I don't really care what form he's in. He's He's probably going to play well here. Like... Matt Fitzpatrick, you, you there's think so? no reason. I mean, I don't think he's going to win. No, but like, is Spieth going to be like ninth or 12th? Probably. Fitz, like, perfect course for Fitzpatrick. I, I could see him winning by three. 
I don't know. I'll I'll push back on Fitzpatrick, and this is I actually bet him last year, and he did play well. But mm-hmm. I feel like what you do off the tee, he I feel like this course almost kind of takes away his biggest weapon, which is that he's turned into this immaculate driver of the golf ball. And I feel like what you do off the tee at Pebble, it mm-hmm. kind of deaccentuates what he does so well because I think off the tee is kind of of little relevance this week, comparatively speaking. True. I just think he is, well, I mean, certainly in this field, but in the world, one of the most well-rounded golfers, like what does he do poorly? Nothing. He's not a, he's not an amazing iron player. I mean, that no, is but, his, definitely his weakest skill set. Yeah. But like, I would say he's still, you know, he's, he's for sure in the top 5% in this field, <laughs> probably the, the top the 5% num- percent. Like, like in theory, in like the real world, yes, the numbers don't say so. Yeah. But like if you like, you know, if you placed all these guys on the moon, like, yeah, I would take him as a top five ball striker in this field. Yeah. But he I don't have like good wedge numbers for him long term. I think that's fair. But I also think he's also a guy who can gain a shot around the green and gain two strokes putting any round, you know, 100%. like I'll. I'll I'll take that safety net over most of the guys here. And I'm huge on putting inside 10 feet and he might be the best in the field. He should be the favorite this week. I like, I know there are some books where Spieth or Hovland may have opened up there, but like he should absolutely be the favorite here. So of that trio, who are you taking? You're not betting any of those guys, are you? No, yeah, but either. for DraftKings, I'm very likely jamming two of them in just because this field is so bad. I think so. I think there's a lot of value in uh, low sevens, even a couple guys who I bet in the sixes. Uh, I may not have to dip there, but like, I don't really have a lot of interest in overpaying for Hoagie and McNeely and Kuchar and Benny McCarthy. I just like Rose would be the one guy in that range. And I'm like, all right, I could play some Rose, but like, I don't know. I'm probably going to play Fitz and Spieth and see what fits with them. Yeah, I actually think from like a DraftKings strategy standpoint, if you're looking to say, okay, let me, how do I cram the most talent into one lineup? It is playing maybe two of those guys. I don't, what do you think? Do you think all of the, like, do you think one emerges as massive chalk or do you think they all kind of even themselves out between like 20 and 25%? I think they all even themselves out mostly because, I think again that Hoagie McNeely range is going to get ownership. I bet you uh, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to like start that are going to fade all those guys and start with Power and Putnam and McNeely and feel are. great about that. And I don't understand that at all. I think like, you have to play at least one of the three. I agree. And for me, like, it's Hovland, by the way. Yeah, like so. I think Spieth will be the highest owned, right? I agree, um, but not. I think like what. 25 ish to seven ish percent, something like that. Yeah. 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 Definitely not 30. Um, but like, I think those three guys make up close to 25% of the win equity in this field, quite honestly. Don't disagree. Yeah. So like, why would you not get one or two of them in every lineup you make this week? Oh, people are stupid. They're going to play. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I'm telling you, I bet you, cause of this group right below. And I guess mm-hmm. we can, even though Hoagie's 10 K, I guess we can group him in here of <laughs> this group of Hoagie power, Putnam McNeely mate. One of those guys, if not two of those guys is going to be over 20%. I've seen a lot of Seamus power love this morning. And I well, think people are going to go back to Hoagie, which I, I understand. Power, so power love in the outright market, just because I thought he was probably the fairest number of them. Like I think long-term he's probably the best player of them. And 
they were all roughly the same number. I think McNeely is still going to get the ownership. Like he's got the reputation of playing well in California, obviously has done well here. I think his parents live there, right? They have a house on the course. Is that? They do. It's on like, yeah. it's on like 11. I mean, it's an incredible spot. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice spot by the, yeah. By the Gretzky domain. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to get the ownership, but um, I, I just think I'm just not going to get there. You know, my betting card started way beyond that. And my DraftKings teams are going to start higher than that. You know, I actually do kind of like some of the guys in the lower nines, though. Like, I like Kucher this week. I I just, (laughs) is he a little bit overpriced? Yes. Do I wish that he was like 8,700? Yes. But I look at the guys who are 8,700, and it's Ben Griffin, and it's Alex Smalley, and I can't really have qualms with that either. So, And then I'll tell you who I think is the nuts play is Keith Mitchell. At like going to be like 6% at 9,100. My issue with Keith, and I know that he's, you know, he played well here last year and he can play well anywhere, but like he's been so open and vocal about how much he hates Poa. Wait, has he actually? Is that a thing? Yeah. I've totally, went on a podcast, missed, totally missed that. He went on a podcast and it's like, I hate Poa. I'll find it. I hate Poa. Can't now, put you, on Poa. now you have me spooked. But he, he was pretty much putting neutral here last year when he finished, I think he finished 13th, 12th or 13th or something. Yeah. I don't think he can win, but he's definitely one of the most talented. See, you and I have a problem with, you know, being stuck in the past, you know, for you, it's future Rose, Fowler, all those guys. Uh, For me, well, the the Fowler Renaissance is real. I'll stand by that one. Yeah. What about Gary who couldn't break 80 for three minutes? Dude, what do we do with this guy? Like, it's like I've seriously lost so much fucking I'm money. I'm so Gary glad Lincoln. that he's not here. That's all. Um, Cameron no. Davis, too. I seriously, I've never gotten, I said this in the opening. Yeah. I've never been so wrong about a golfer over a three week stretch in my life. He missed the cut. I bet him in back to back weeks. Badly, he's, badly. Missed he's missed the cut by a combined 17 strokes in two weeks. Yeah. Um, he missed it by like eight at the Amex and nine at Torrey. Yeah, maybe he had a little too much fun this winter when he was home. I know he was playing golf and playing well, but maybe he just wasn't uh, wasn't sharp, let's say. I don't get that one at all because I always go back and look when I miss that badly. And I I like I still don't understand what happened there because it it made all the sense in the world to me. But anyway. yeah, I think he'll find it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Gary. I'm glad that Gary's not in this field. <laughs> Who do you think are some of the guys that are going to garner ownership once you get down here into the low nines and and high eights where do you think it goes ben griffin of course yeah and so i mean i think ben griffin is probably the number probably be number two most bet this week behind joel damon so i think you know that will naturally can we go back to damon for a second damon's gonna be most bet that's my guess is that a a thing this great i i saw i saw him tipped as low as 28 to 1 this week seriously I put out a tweet uh, this morning. He hasn't picked up a club in about 11 or 12 weeks. You know, he had a baby over the break. He's not a guy who just like shows up and plays well. He rides momentum. He likes to play week after week. Right. It's got to be the worst bet on the board, especially at at those sort of numbers. But uh, yeah, he's going to be one of the most bet this week for sure. God, that's really surprising to me. I don't even think he doesn't even have any like special history here or anything, does he? I guess he's done well. I guess there's like a like a shorter course coastal narrative he's, with him too. I he's, guess. he's the best on, on quote unquote short courses. Exactly. Uh, one of 
you know, a windy coastal down at uh, Corrales. Not that that has anything to do with this golf course. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of the same thing I think you're getting with Ben Griffin, right? As he kind of burst onto the scene at, uh, at Bermuda. And, and Ben and Griffin's there. a perfect example of what I said earlier, has zero proven track record on POA. So happy to fade that guy as sort of whatever. And ownership. he's a, and uh, he's a, he's a North Carolina guy. Like he went to yeah. UNC. He's a total yeah. Southeast guy. But no, like I think it is clearly for this range, it's setting up perfectly for DraftKings because in my mind, the two most talented golfers are going to be the two lowest owned, and that's Pendrith and Thomas Dietrich. I just don't see how they're going to get ownership with, you know, Smalley and Griffin right below them, all the nines, including Joel Damon right above them. And people are going to be on that narrative that bombers, like it's not a bombers course or a bombers rotation, but I, I highly disagree. I think Pendrith can be totally fine here. And Dietrich does a lot of really good things. So yeah, I would take those guys, two. All those guys like play well on shorter courses too. I'm I'm with you on Dietrich. Yeah. Pendrith, the, the, those, did you see the, his numbers from Torrey Pines? Those spooked me a little bit. No, I know that he didn't play well. <laughs> They're pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, he um, made the cut, but it's, I mean, it's probably one round you could, you can throw away, but I mean, it, yeah. it, He's another guy where I believe in the long-term talent, and he's like. But what did he do well last week? He putted well, right? He putted well. Yeah, Yeah, which is actually like on most weeks, the last thing that you're looking for is you want to see somebody that hit the ball well and didn't putt well. But when you're in this rotation of POA courses, you almost kind of want to look at it in reverse because that's the momentum that you kind of want to build on. Yeah, no, for sure. And he he finished forty ninth here at Pebble last year with a very bad Sunday, you know, you turn a, a 74 into a 70 and he's like tied for 20th. So, and he's one of the 10 most talented guys in this field, clearly. So, you know, Pendrith or uh, Dietrich or both Pendrith. Yeah. I, I put Dietrich top 20 for sure, but um, I would say Pendrith is probably top. Yeah. For sure. Top 10 in this field. Yeah. I agree with that. Alex Smalley, another like Duke Southeastern guy that, seems like is going to be a little bit overowned for for his pre- he's playing great though he he's going to be yeah. a he's going to be a Kucher-esque player i mean i don't i'm not projecting him to like win the players and have Kucher ended up with like an incredible career but small yeah. is just going to be one of those guys where he's just going to eat on a lot yeah. of these shorter courses and be around for a while he he is a i a very good i don't know if he's like a guy with major upside but he's he's going to just rack top twenty fives all year. He's perfect guy for that that weird top forty market that uh, people like betting. <laughs> yeah, I love that. What's your what are your qualms with the top forty market? It's been really profitable for me. What do you have against it? Uh, I just it's it's boring. I get it. Yes, I think the time to put in there trying to bet guys like minus one forty to top. No, I don't I just, do that, man. You bet I, like yeah. Chess and Hadley plus three hundred. Got it. Yeah. Like I see guys like parlay like the top five studs in the top forty market. I'm like, no, that's no. dumb. That's so it's dumb. Bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not no. profitable at all. No, that's dumb. I actually like the when you go a little bit lower. Like I actually really like Lipsky and Taylor Moore this week. Do you have any thoughts on either of those? Taylor Moore is my pick to win. Uh, I like Taylor Moore a lot. I, so what? Yeah. What betting number did you get on him? Because I I I need to remember to bet him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So FanDuel opened with a 70. There was another 66 out there earlier. Did it um, did, he, did it already get hit? Is he a thing this week or people his, seeing what we're saying? At that number because... When uh, Bet Rivers <laughs> published thirty three, <laughs> that was a bad one. Did they really like, opener I'm, for thirty three? I'm, I'm yeah. texting no. Brian Kirshner right now to bet Taylor Moore for me. Yeah, so Moore was my first bet this morning at at the seventy number. I didn't bet anybody shorter than seventy, so I've got you know I've got a very fun card. But no, Moore again, you know, he is statistically right, like an exceptionally average golfer at everything like he can do mm-hmm. everything fine probably a guy who's like not really gonna be at risk of losing his tour card not really gonna threaten to win very much but you know he he has those spike weeks he did it on the corn Ferry tour he won an event and then finished second the very next week has shown the propensity to go very low and get hot with the putter but can get really hot with the irons and he played well here last year and a lot of that um at pebble at least where we have shot link data was the short game. You know, he gained in all four categories, but had a really good short game, really good putting, really good around the green. So yeah. And he's, sh- Taylor Moore. And, and he's shown it at on Pebble or on Poa too, right? Yeah. He's been good at yep. Farmers. He played well last week. Exactly. He played well last week. He gained in all four major categories. Yeah, yeah. I like him. Okay. So I'll probably I'll probably at least be able to find like a 55 or 60 on him still at this point, right? I would think so. Those are still yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, I bet I bet Lipsky at seventy to one too. I, was, I think yeah, he's he was close for me. I just I he's another guy that I just think checks a lot of the like really good wedge player. Doesn't he's the type of 
he's the type of hoagie Putnam guy that I think is probably licking his chops at a course like this. Although he's putting inside 10 feet is, is pretty bad, but like I followed a very simple formula last year to find myself on hoagie. I was yeah. like, I think that I'm going to go all in on this narrative that there's a de-emphasis on off the tee and I'm just going to find the best guys in the 30 to 150 range inside 150 yards, like birdie or better, yep. better percentage inside 150 yards. And Tom Hoagie was like far and away the best wedge player far and away that he still is by the way, still is, way yeah. in scoring in terms of 150 yards and in and Lipsky is one of those guys where he's just, he scores when he has a wedge in his hands. I agree. I mean, he's definitely a guy who I, I will typecast and only play at very specific golf courses. Not a TPC type guy, obviously needs a short course, needs something with small greens, elevation changes. Like that's where he's had the most success uh, all over the world. You know, he's won in Asia, he's won in Europe. He's won in the Corn Ferry. Like, he's probably going to win an event at some point and it could be here. And then my one weird one before we go down was EVR. No, can't sell you. I don't think so. You know, he's just exceptionally unpredictable, right? He had that that one really low round last week, and I don't know. I like him uh, long term. He gained um, he gained like eight strokes ball striking at the 2019 U.S. Open and lost like five strokes putting. Yeah, EVR worries me a little bit off the tee because he's just not he's not very accurate, and uh, he can get very very bad with the short game, like. He can get like very, the Euro very bad, guys at, bad at anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, he's, he's not a guy that I would trust. Like when conditions get tough and anything like that. I'm not seeing much in the weather this week though. I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have it. I don't do a ton of looking at the weather until like really until Wednesday morning, but I haven't, when I kind of glanced at it on Sunday night, I didn't see anything crazy. No, um, it's, it's supposed to be calm. So, you know, I would expect, a couple guys to get close to 20 under this week for sure. All right. So moving down a little bit, uh, I actually think there's some really good options in the seven K range. I like, it's just like a very token on brand play for me, but I'm going to, I'm Web going Simpson? To, no, I'm done with that, man. I just, I, I, I don't think so anymore. I don't yeah. think so anymore. I'll probably give him like one last ride when he's like 6,900, but getting close, yeah, yeah. I don't think so anymore, but I think it's a decent time to buy on Davis Riley. I mean, we're talking about a guy that a couple weeks ago he's nine point four k in this field, and like what it, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be like under five percent. He definitely is. People um, are like done with him, which so, I get. Uh, he's been bad, but I just he, think like if we're talking about talent, like these guys fall super far, and then you get a chance to catch him on the way up again. Yeah, I think I think people don't know what Davis Riley is. Uh, I, I don't. Davis Riley. I think Davis Riley doesn't know what <laughs> Davis Riley is. Like <laughs> he's insane. not to get too existential, but I I don't know if I know who da- he's, Davis Riley he's, is either. He, so he came out. He's like kind of a bomber, right? But then also can get really hot with the irons. Mm-hmm. Putting is a little bit inconsistent. Maybe mostly Bermuda, Alabama guy, but like, yeah, I don't he know. He is a Mississippi SEC guy, which is yeah. kind of not what you're looking for here. No, like don't, I don't love that. Like, I don't know. We haven't really seen him anywhere near contention or near the top 10 in a while. And putted like crap on the POA last week. I don't know. But yes, he's going to be like 3% for sure. 
I really like Lanto too. I bet Lanto. See, you must have seen my card. Yeah. I was so happy to see that he was back. Like I like I've always loved Lanto. I always joke about this with Chris Powers. Like I've we first became friends because he's like, dude, you're so weird about Lanto. Like, why do you like this guy so much? But I'm so glad the guy who loves Patrick Rogers. (laughs) Right. And I've actually met Lanto before very briefly on the ferry back from Liberty national at, at the Northern trust a couple of years ago. Great guy, but I'm so glad to see that he's back. This is, he should do well at all these courses. Like he's, he's, he, I want to say, I don't remember off the top of my head where I where he went to college. I want to say he's a West Coast guy, though. I don't believe so. So he's he's a Florida guy. He's he, he spent not, a lot of time here. He did I, not. I, I think he's from California. Is that correct? That's he, he that, born in California. I have that in California? my head. It, it could be completely incorrect. Oh, That's I have that in my head out. though. He went to VCU. It's Virginia, in, not a great start. Born in Mount Shasta, California, but he lives in. But lives in Ponte Vedra Beach, and I assume he's been there a while. So yeah, yeah. we'll take that. We'll take that. We'll he's take all over that. the place. No, but like I think with Lonto, one people forget how much they love Lonto. This guy made a tour championship, right? Like he won in Houston. You know, tour championship type player. I think this is exactly what we saw with Harris English, right? Uh, he was a top twenty, top thirty type player in the world. Won an event, got hurt, left, yeah. came back. He was like eighty to one, hundred to one, and then he's starting to kind of find his footing. And I think Lonto right now, you know, he just came back for one event, but he's in that 80, 90, 100 range right now. And if he plays well for one or two weeks, he's going back down to 45 or 50, you know, and he's played well here. So I will, I will, I got him at, at 80 this morning and I will take my chances there. Uh, anyone else you want to give mention <clears throat> to in the Sabbath? I guess I'll open up the whole range. Fuck Ryan Palmer. Not playing that guy again after what he did on <laughs> on on Sunday. With that, what is she like? 80, 80, 83 82. Like that. Yeah, eighty two. No birdies. <laughs> so I mean, I think the best play here. And uh, when I looked at at the outright market, one of the best values. I I didn't bet it because you know I don't really care about expected value on on outright bets. I bet what I want to bet. Scott Stallings. You know, sure. Yeah. People forget again how good was Scott Stallings last year. He's in this field at like seventy five to one under eight k. If this was four months ago, he would yeah. have been ninety six hundred. Like, yeah. And so I think that's a play. I don't think he's going to be very popular. Uh, beyond that, like, I really skipped down. Like, there's Grayson people Smith. are going to play Palmer. People are going to play Knox. People are going to play Hostler again. But like, you go Neesmith, lower. Nismith. Nismith. Yeah. Really yeah. Popular, right. Don't you think? Well, I I think that whole type, like Nismith, uh, Sig, like all those I, guys, I, I uh, Ben love Taylor, Sig. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Taylor. Like that's the type that I'm on this week. I bet uh, I didn't bet Neesmith just because he's missed a few cuts in a row. And I just, I, I well, don't know. I think it's a good, that's probably a better Avenue. I mean, he could be like over 15% in DraftKings. I could see chalk getting yeah. around him. Although have you noticed that? I feel like, I feel like people have been kind of getting better with some of the group think stuff. Have you noticed that like there isn't as much, just generally speaking at a macro level, there isn't as much like disgusting 7K <laughs> chalk as there used to be. Have um, you noticed that at all? I feel like there has not I don't know. I, so, yeah, I mean, I've been playing less sort of big field GPP stuff. And so when you play like the single entry, you see <laughs> massive chalk. Like right. if if one of the, and a perfect example, Lipsky's actually been that guy for a while. Like you'll have these random weeks where optimizers love a 7,400 David Lipsky. And he's like, 
You're like, what the hell? But I could see, I could see that with Neesmith and Sig this week for sure. I love Ben Taylor. Like me too. He almost, I'm in. He almost won in the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs. Almost won at Sony. He did miss the last two cuts. He just got crushed by the stadium course. Got crushed by Tory South. Whatever. Those are not really where I want to play him, anyways. But I got him at 160 this morning. Like that. That seemed large for the yeah. type of player he's been. So, not bad. Troy Merritt, I kind of like too. He's another yeah. guy that fits, that fits this mold. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that boring ass Streelman Merritt, maybe even Scott Piercy type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, Piercy actually looked pretty good. I I don't know why I caught him on PGA Tour Live for a bit, and he was actually he was I played him well. yeah, on Sunday really in Showdown, and obviously didn't go well because never does. Yeah, Saturday must have been the day that he was doing well. Um, all right. So what about any guys? To, any guys? Are you how heavily are you leaning on the 6k range? Because I, I kind of think I agree with you in the strategy of ah man, you kind of like if you really <laughs> think about it, it does feel more sensible to play two of those guys. I was gonna play like a hundred percent Hovland and then do a lot of like Hovland Kucher starts, Hovland Mitchell starts, but now I'm almost leaning towards maybe thinking about playing. Hovland with another of those 10k guys so who are the guys yeah. that you are finding down here because you do have to you probably sure. have to in your pool find at least a couple guys in a, in the high sixes that you maybe feel comfortable putting in like 10 15 percent of your lineups if you're if yeah you're no for there. sure and, and like we talked about like the win equity at the top then you have the 54 hole cut on top of that right everyone's getting three rounds and if if some weather does roll in, there's going to be no scoring on Sunday, right? Like, yeah, you can win tournaments with five of six in weeks like that. So I, yeah, I, I definitely don't mind taking shots. I'm not going to bury the lead here. I'm going to dive right into Jimmy Walker. Uh, <laughs> I am historically a very large Walker stand. He's he like, randomly, you randomly look, finished 13. You really look like him. Is that why? Because I don't do, know. Tall, do. tall, lanky, right? Yeah, you uh, do look like him a lot. <laughs> I've 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 had a lot of success with him, and like he he started to show flashes last year, more rounds than events where the iron play started to come back. We know he can chip and putt, especially on the West yeah. Coast on on Poa. He's won here, won at Sony multiple times. Like, yeah, I was very. Did he encouraged. have like a three or four win season one year? Yeah, like twenty four. Like he won like four times in a ten event span. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, and that was like two years before he won a major. Like he was good. Walker, yeah, he finished like 13th last week at Tory, which was shocking. And as bad as he was playing last year, he still finished in the top 35, I believe, here at Pebble last year. So look, he's 200 to one or something like that this week and under 7,000. Uh, I will take some shots on him. I will take some shots. I'm aging myself here again, Luke Donald. Uh, Jeez, I don't know if you man, paid attention really? at all to what he's been doing, but like he's been playing pretty well over in Europe. Um, he's Has had he some really? rounds. He's had some rounds. Um, a couple of weeks ago in in Abu Dhabi, he was first round leader, shot like nine under. Like, what better course type than this for Luke Donald? I think he can make a cut, and you know, I could see him somewhere near the top thirty or top twenty five. T thirty eight Abu Dhabi, T thirteen Ned Bank Golf Challenge. Yeah, that was down in South Africa and not really a, and that's more of a bomber score. It's like not really anything that I would expect him to be well at, but I think he's been a little rejuvenated. He's been playing more. He obviously is his uh, Ryder Cup captain now and he gets to play with the guys. Ben Silverman 
most of our our current generation won't know much about him because he had his tour card a few years ago. Well, he um, won. He won. He just won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that was his second win. He won a few years ago, which is how he got onto the big tour. But again, just a very uh, short, accurate, straight hitter, but can get really hot with the putter. So, like, I'd rather ride guys like that who are in form. There's not much else down here. Like, you can grab Jess, some California Jess, guys. Justin Hadley. I, I think Hadley will get love. Uh, yeah, I think James Hahn will get some open. love. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's not. Uh, oh, I skipped one. Malnati. That was the other one who I have circled here. Malnati. I mean, what a better, a great course fit for a guy like that who he does not hit it far, but he can chip and putt. Yeah. Uh, played well here last year, except for Sunday. Actually played really well at Tory last week, which again, not not a Malnati course I at did all. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. That was encouraging because he has no business playing well there. Zero. Yeah, and. Um, uh, yeah, again, he was about 20th, I think, last year going into Sunday and had a poor Sunday. But um, yeah, for $6,800, like that's a guy who can make a lot of birdies, which in this format, you know, that's what you need. Yeah, the only other guy that I've circled down here is Kyle Westmoreland. You know anything about him? Ball go far. It's yeah. About like, oh, that's I the Air Force guy, right? I haven't done, I haven't done like the the deep dive on him. He just there were some number stuff that I was like, oh, I got to revisit this guy. He yeah. seems like he absolutely destroys the ball off the tee, but he's actually like he a very good iron player too. Yeah. He, um, I think he also, maybe two years ago, he got through us open qualifying, I believe, and got into that. So yeah, he can play, he can go low. He got off the corn ferry tour, which as you know, is not an easy thing to do. So. Okay. Do you have any, before we get out of here, Saudi International is a better field, right? And you're kind of more of a Euro. Way guy. better field. Yeah. So you're more of a you're way more of a Euro guy than me. But what do you have any Saudi picks? Well, uh, we have a Euro event too, which is actually quite fun because a lot of the guys from from Abu oh, Dhabi just go right well, over there as well. Well, so the Saudi International is technically Asian tour, and the Asian the, tour, the, yeah. DP World Tour has their own event. But that's a fun field. Like you get, uh, so you obviously have have all all the live guys, and then you sprinkle like all in, of you them. Know, like, is it is it really all of them? All of them. Yep. All of them. DJ, Cam, Brooks, Bryson, Patrick Reed, who just is, played well. Is Phil playing? Phil's playing. Um, hmm. Should we talk about Mito real quick? Mito's playing. Yeah, he's Mito, gone. There's no, is there's well, no like. He also. Questions yeah, about I mean, that. Is there? He's gone. No, it's weird that it hasn't been announced because he's there without a release from the tour. And he's registered for the next Asian tour event in Oman. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> next it's, week. I, I um, think there's, I think there's little doubt. Is he the. Did they tease like another big announcement? No, there's another big announcement was their schedule. No, they went through the schedule, which is, you know, a bunch of crappy golf courses. But no, like I, I love this field. Like even like the bottom part of that, like you still have like Mito and Stenson and Bubba and Kokrak and like all those guys are there. Um, And then you throw in Camp Champ randomly. You throw in Cameron Young. You throw in Lucas Herbert. Like it's a fun field. But this is the course that, that DJ won twice, basically crushes every year. Yeah. Warner. So what should what should I what should we know about the golf course? Is there anything? Yeah. Well, so I, I mean, based course? on who's done well there, it's 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 you know bombs away. Yeah. He's played well there twice. How Tong Lee played well there. Brooks won the last live event there. Harold Varner won out there. Like, I think you definitely have to hit it far. But again, when you're out there, like the wind can wreak havoc. So it really it just depends a lot on the conditions. I think there are some links the elements to it. I made two bets for that. I bet DJ at seven to one and I bet yeah. Henrik Stenson at 55. Uh, Stenson 
for some reason is playing well. You know, he obviously won a live event last year. He played well ye- uh, yesterday slash this morning in Dubai. Uh, he closed with a 64, finished in the top 10. So that felt okay. What is uh, Cameron Young's number? Well, this is what I saw this morning. It's not as good it's, as I was hoping for. No, and it's tough because like he's really, I mean, he's probably the third best behind DJ and Cam Smith, but you might have him ahead of DJ potentially. I don't know. I don't, but there are some people who might. He can't putt right now. I don't know what's going on with him. That putter is bad, man. That would be the <laughs> one guy that I would say if there's anyone else in that Delaware meeting that flips, yeah. I feel like Cameron Young could go. Sure. Yeah. I feel like I he, think so. he never made like a it does it doesn't seem like he's firm in his stance about anything. Well, no, I mean the guy's been on tour a year. Like he doesn't he doesn't have the loyalty. He doesn't I mean, I'm sure he has friends, but it's not like he's best friends with all these guys and he's been with them for 10 years, you know? Like he's he's a dad too. I was surprised to see that he has kids. <laughs> I'm I'm always, I mean, I'm surprised that Matsuyama has kids. Like you just never know with these guys, like <laughs> those guys who are super private, like you wouldn't think that about Hideki. He's got a wife and at least one, maybe two kids now. I don't know. Yeah. And a Cameron Young is pretty, I mean, he's what, 26 years old. Yep. He's pretty young to have kids, I guess. But anyway, yeah. all right. Anything, anything else? Uh, so then I assume that the actual DP world tour, field is probably pretty bad at this point because you're just you're running out of players at a certain point yeah i mean relatively bad but like for the guys that we watch each week you know it's fine like you got moronk and fox and both of the hogard twins and yeah there's some people over there so everyone's playing golf this week pretty much there's a lot of golf we get three events to bet plus you know corn fairy ladies if if that tickles your fancy <laughs> i don't bet those tours but yeah, there's a lot of golf. And look, there's no football this week. So like you're going to get, uh, if there's a week to play DraftKings, you know, you're going to get a lot of money in there. People who have not played golf in months and don't know any of these people uh, yeah. because there's no football to play. So it's a good call. It, it could a be a good week. Call. Could be a good yeah. week. Um, last question. Do you have any strong takes on uh, early takes on the Super Bowl? No, like everything. So the public is going to be on, on the Eagles, I assume. And uh, I just by huh. default. I just by default will take the better quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say I kind of really like the I kind of really like the Chiefs. I've been high on the Chiefs all year, and like as long as Mahomes is healthy, like Hurts isn't even healthy. So like I don't know, it's kind of a wash. But um, they're playing in a dome. I I'm not betting against Mahomes, so not happy. I think I think I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. I'm going to have to scour that the prop market two and and find like they opened up getting like a point and a half and i think it went up to two for a bit i i don't know i don't think the eagles should be favored in this game didn't the chiefs open as favorites and then heavy heavy money came on the eagles i i i I may have missed the open opener but i saw it uh when the chiefs were plus two and i said (laughs) that seems wrong (laughs) yeah that i don't i don't understand why the chiefs aren't favored but anyway yeah i think Uh, people are just worried about Mahomes. so yeah, I mean, he. I thought he looked fine, but yeah, uh, he's got two weeks, so he does. Um, all right, Ryan Baroff, anything you got to uh to plug before we get out of here? Nothing, nothing to plug. Uh, <laughs> not even your unless... Twitter. Don't even follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even follow me. No, DMs are always open. Uh, or Baroff four two seven. You're gonna regret uh, saying that one time. I'm telling you, man. You. <laughs> oh, maybe no. We're yeah, no, we're having fun, but it's. It's going to be a good content week. I think you're going to see 
pretty bad leaderboard, a lot of people betting very bad numbers. Uh, I'm excited to watch BK this week because I haven't seen his car, but I imagine that it's it's going to be comedy. I think he's big on Putnam. I think he's. I, think I he's, saw Putnam open at like 28. Like I'm not. Yeah, not betting that guy at 25 or 28 to one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. we shall see. Yep. All right, buddy. It was good to see you, my friend. Thanks for coming. Yes, sir. We'll we will soon. see you in uh, Rochester. Yep. Later, buddy. All right. That is it for the podcast. We'll be back next week on this feed talking Phoenix open until then you can find me whew, all over the place. The, uh, the Monday outright betting articles that I used to do for odds checker that got moved to golf monthly odds checker, I guess has a partnership with them, but I will still be doing that Monday early outrights article. Uh, you can just find it over at golf monthly. I will tweet out the link to that. Uh, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast too, but me and Jeff Feinberg, every Monday do like a 15 minute video, uh, breaking down the betting board, uh, for each PGA tour event. Uh, so you can find that on the odds checker YouTube channel as well. And then, uh, my Tuesday fantasy golf rankings on rickrungood.com, my Wednesday final thoughts article also on the website, uh, and my picks for the golf digest, uh, experts column as well. That's on golfdigest.com. So, uh, busy guy these days, but there's no shortage of being able to, uh, to find my thoughts on a golf tournament every week. Uh, so you can find, uh, all of this. I tweet everything out or I, I at least try to on my Twitter at ADP sports and best of luck with your bets this weekend. We will see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream. Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead shed the back roads stop